0: This episode is brought to you by Hostfully. Using Hostfully, you can create a free digital guidebook for your listing so that you can save time creating a professional experience for every guest that comes and visits your spot. Learn more at Hostfully.com. Welcome to Get Paid for Your Pad, the definitive show on Airbnb
1: hosting, featuring the best advice on how to maximize profits from your Airbnb listing, as well as real life experiences from Airbnb hosts all over the world. Welcome get paid for your pet. get paid for your pet. Get paid for your pet.
0: Welcome to another episode of Get Paid for Your Pad. Today I am joined by Evian Goodman. He's the CEO and founder of Pet Lifter and Pet Lifter is the world's largest online marketplace for short-term rental service providers it's an amazing resource and i'm really happy to have evian on the podcast and we're going to discuss the ecosystem around short-term rentals that has developed in the last couple years and that's really like kind of exploded um i was just looking at uh, the site petlifter.com and there's just like literally hundreds and hundreds of service providers companies short-term rental managers like all sorts of stuff and so I'm excited to, uh, to talk to Avion. Avion, welcome to the show. Thanks, Jasper. So let's talk about the ecosystem. I remember in 2014, where I first heard of a company called Beyond Pricing, and that was the first company that I found that was a service provider in the Airbnb niche. Back then, I, I didn't think of other platforms so much. I thought it was, you know, it was really just Airbnb. And so I thought it was so cool that there was a company that just serviced Airbnb hosts. You know, I really didn't think that that was possible, but it was. And now there's hundreds and hundreds of companies. Um, what are your thoughts on, on the ecosystem and how it's, how it's developed over the years?
1: Yeah, that that's a good question, Jasper. And it, it's funny that you give that example because I think that for anyone who's sort of been in this space for a while, uh, especially anyone who's been hosting their property on short-term rental sites for anything more than a, a couple of years, would probably be familiar with uh, companies like Beyond Pricing and uh, other companies that I vaguely describe as the granddaddies of the industry. And I think that when we first got exposed to these companies, everyone was quite impressed and fascinated at you know what their offering was and the fact that the company has actually emerged to offer such a specific and bespoke product within such a niche industry. And I think a lot of people saw this as providing oxygen to the future of short-term rentals in the vacation rental industry without necessarily appreciating just how much it was actually going to expand and blow up into the massive industry that it is today. Uh, if we think back to where this all started, the number of subsectors or sub-industries that really existed were, were not, not necessarily more basic and limited, but a bit more traditional in the sort of products and services that they were offering. So something like a dynamic pricing tool was seen as quite revolutionary in terms of what had ever existed before. You know, one of the common ideas that gets talked about quite a lot these days is that vacation rentals itself isn't a new concept it has been happening for many decades And it was really that explosion that probably got triggered at a a much broader social level with the rise in popularity of Airbnb that, I guess, put short-term rentals on many more people's radars and brought them into this world and the idea that they themselves had the opportunity to rent out their spare room, put their property up, and, and they themselves could potentially become a replacement for a traditional hotel. I think we've seen over the last few years that it's not just about Airbnb anymore and the many alternative booking platforms and OTAs that now exist and options for vacation rentals has really exploded. And I think we're seeing more and more of that as we look at the increasing number of services and subsectors of the industry that now exist to service that growing demand. And the sort of companies we're seeing sit across a whole range of, of of new and very innovative services. I think the number that gets thrown around is there's, there's something like 115,000 vacation rental companies worldwide. Some of these are, are new startups. Some of these are established businesses. But the the key takeaway here is that they're cutting across a whole range of different dimensions of the end-to-end hosting process and industry. So. You know, we've got property managers, we've got property management software, we've got dedicated short-term rental cleaning and turnover services. There are special copywriting and listing optimization services. You know, we're seeing the growth of data and investment support services, something that never existed before. Things like key exchange services specific for short-term rentals. Even traditional industries are being disrupted and giving a new facelift. So something like insurance, now there's special short-term rental insurance policies. All of these are great examples of how many new opportunities have, ex- have been created for companies that are either doing something brand new or doing old things in a new and innovative way specifically to take advantage of this, this newfound short-term rental opportunity.
0: You said 115,000 short-term rental companies. I've definitely heard that number before. And I was wondering when I heard that number, how many of those companies are property managers and how many of these companies are other type of service providers?
1: Yeah, that's a very good question. I think the challenge with this is uh, coming back to the origins of where these numbers uh, originated from. I guess from our perspective, the the only way that we're really able to pro rata or rational or get a a sense of a feel for the breakdown of the subsectors that represent the totality of that number is looking at the sort of companies that list on Padlifter. So just for an example, we've got close to 1,000 companies that list on our site, of which just under 25% are property management and concierge companies. And if you think about that, that's probably not so surprising because property management is something that exists uh, to varying degrees in terms of its specificity to the short-term rental opportunity. As we were just talking about before, property management and vacation rentals have existed long before the advent of Airbnb. Uh, So the idea that there's a property manager that you're able to entrust with uh, taking care of Uh, your vacation rental, meeting and greeting your guests, turning over between guest stays. This isn't something that's new but I think what's interesting is we're actually seeing the specificity of the offering being very much tailored to short-term rentals. I actually came across some interesting data the other day. It was uh, produced and and, and researched and sourced by a a short-term rental data company called Transparent and what they were doing is looking at the average length of stay for a typical short-term rental stay duration. And if I'm not mistaken, the numbers were in 2015, the average length of stay was seven days. And each year from 2015 to today, it's been approximately decreasing by one night per year. So again, to the best of my recollection, it's currently nights as the average stay for a short-term rental stay and I guess the key takeaway here is that there's the changing nature and dynamics of why people are turning to the vacation rental industry and if we think about what we were just talking about before in terms of the fact that the vacation rental industry itself isn't something that's brand new what's really changed are the dynamics of why people are traveling and the nature of the travel itself. So if you think about one of the big shifts that's really driven the products and services provided by many of these new short-term rental companies, it's in recognition of the fact that urban travel is actually becoming a much bigger facet of or, or motivation for why people are traveling, whereas historically speaking, short-term rentals or vacation rentals was almost the destination that say for example a family would go to find a cabin in the woods stay for the extended one week and that would be their annual vacation for the year just as an example additionally the fact that people are gravitating much more so towards urban centers is i guess a recognition that short-term rentals are actually becoming replacements of things like traditional hotels or traditional lodging options and accommodation options. And um, I guess the exciting thing is many of these companies are, are actually building their products and services specifically around much more unique and specific requirements of the, the travelers that they're trying to, to cater towards.
0: That's really interesting, man. Like, Have you seen, by the way, that report of the top 10 Airbnb cities that was created by uh,
1: yeah, yeah, I have the one that just got released very recently, right?
0: Yeah, yeah, I thought it was really interesting because they they actually did a report on the global Airbnb cities, like a whole list of like the top 200 or something. Which it, it actually it's a bit strange because you know, like the for example, the number um, number 206 has only five Airbnb listings, and i I think there's a lot more. Cities than, than just 200 that have Airbnb listings. So I don't know exactly how they did this, but but in any case, the, the, the top 10 seems pretty accurate. And the top three, London, Paris, and New York, I think that's been constant for a while. But what, what I thought, thought was really interesting is that China now has three of the top 10 Airbnb cities, Shanghai, Beijing, and Chengdu, which is a city that I'm sure a lot of people have probably never heard of. It's a massive city in in China. I think there's like 10 million people living there or something. And there's also two Australian cities in the top 10, by the way, Sydney and Melbourne. Um, Yeah, that's right. I think
1: they're number nine and 10.
0: (laughs) That's right. Yeah, that's right. I think if I remember correctly, I I did something similar to this report like five years ago, I think in 2014. And I remember London, Paris, and New York were were in the top three, but there was no Chinese cities. I think Sydney was in also in the top 10, but Melbourne wasn't. So that's kind of interesting that uh, especially China seems like it's it's grown so much.
1: Yeah, I, I think that that report's very interesting for a few reasons. I know that when I was starting things off with Padlifter and just trying to appreciate the different market opportunities for different geographies and what priorities we wanted to address those different markets and in what order, I'd very much be turning towards specifically something like this. So find a report that documented how many Airbnb listings were in a given country or city, find how many Airbnb guests were arriving from overseas as well as domestic travel, and that would sort of be the litmus test for how popular short-term rentals or vacation rentals were in any given locality or geography. I think what's really interesting if we think about the ecosystem we're describing is just the evolution of short-term rentals over the last I don't know if you want to call it 2 years, 5 years, 10 years depending on how macro or micro you want to zoom in or out. I guess when I was starting out with all of this, I would use short-term rentals and the word Airbnb synonymously in the same way that you know if I cut my finger and I needed a cluster, I wouldn't be asking my friend or family member to pass me a plaster, I'd ask for a Band-Aid. Or if I needed to blow my nose, what do you blow it with? A Kleenex. Kleenex, tissue, same thing. I think what we're seeing now is despite the fact that Airbnb continues to grow in terms of establishing their footprint within the short-term industry, it's no longer exclusively the Airbnb show. I think we can see that not only in the data, but also anecdotally, the more people I speak with, the more they're choosing to list on multiple sites, be they alternative booking platforms or OTAs or wholesalers or meta search sites as well. Whatever this is, the, basically the industry itself is expanding and growing and there's a greater recognition that the opportunity isn't exclusively limited to just that uh, concept of Airbnbs as being indicative and reflective of what we're talking about with uh, short-term rentals. And the exciting thing about that is it actually opens up many more opportunities to all the key stakeholders within the industry. You know, we're talking about the ecosystems, obviously the focus so far has really been on the company aspects. But if you look downstream to how this benefits all the the other stakeholders, it provides additional and expanded marketing opportunities to people like you and I as actual individual hosts. So there are more channels and options for us to gain additional exposure with our listings. Because of this, the industry itself is expanding and things like channel and property management software that's trying to create excellent integrations and partnerships across all the different booking platforms and create Phenomenal channel management software, you know, they're trying to cater to all the different places people might be able to get found. And the net result for the end guest is because of all of this, there's a whole range of additional services provided at a higher standard level of which they themselves become the beneficiary of too.
0: Let's talk about the different categories that exist. So you already mentioned automatic pricing but there's a lot more categories. You mentioned the channel managers and the property management software that can help to list uh, multiple listings. And, you know, there's a couple others that I think are quite well known. Like for example, like the, you know, the guidebooks and there's uh, the, you know, sort of the, the safety and security type of companies, but there's a whole, there's a whole other list of, of categories. So let's, let's quickly just go through the different categories.
1: Okay, sure. Well, I I guess if we want to think about and uh, sort of touch upon some of the more innovative or or novel categories that may not necessarily have existed a few years back that have been sort of uh, emerging specifically to address this opportunity, some of the things that come to mind are... I guess let's start with some traditional industries that have adapted and modified their offerings specifically for this. So there's a whole lot of copywriting and listing optimization services that exist now specifically for the purposes of optimizing, say, a short-term rental or Airbnb listing or something like that. The idea that there's uh, data and investment support services isn't a new industry in and of itself. But if we look at some of the key companies that have been most successful, you know, one of the ones that I love seeing what they're continually creating from a product and service perspective is AirDNA, the ability for us to now zoom in at such a micro level, not only to your city. You know, I hopped on on their platform the other day to take a look at my own city of Sydney, Australia to see to see the data. And I was actually amazed at just how micro you can zoom in and actually appreciate things like occupancy rates, seasonality, revenue fluctuations throughout the year within my specific uh, neighbourhood and suburb itself. And obviously, these are inherently tied to the short-term rental opportunity. So it's not just uh, high-level market data in terms of property value or things like that, that you need to sort of derive your own assumptions around. They actually hold your hand and walk you through that process. And I'm, I'm very much encouraged that you know there's been a whole subsector industry that's, that's emerged specifically to offer something as specific as that. If we think about some of the other categories too, there's new things like luggage and parcel services specifically to address the fact that what's one of the key complaints or pain points for both hosts and guests. It's that idea of early and late check-ins and you know flight arrival times not lining up neatly with the uh, uh, agreed upon check-in or check-out times for a given listing. So it makes perfect sense that there's going to be this whole new service that emerges around uh, key and popular short-term rental hotspots in a given country or city that provide people with the opportunity to store their luggage, be that for the day, for a few hours, or just until the next flight. So you know, these are a few of the examples that would probably most and, and first come to mind.
0: Hi, this is Margo, and I'm the CEO and co-founder of Hostfully.com. You may know about us for our digital guidebooks, but did you know that we also provide property management software? If you have more than 10 properties, you might be a perfect fit. We help you automate tasks, keep track of all your property details, communicate with your guests with a unified inbox, and increase your distribution across booking platforms, including Airbnb, Verbo, and Booking.com. Please take a minute to see how we might be able to help you at hostfully.com. So you have a pretty good idea of what companies exist in this, in this ecosystem. If I were to ask you, like, what would be the, the number one innovative company? Like if you were, if you had to hand out a prize to the most innovative company in the, in the short-term rental needs, like what would be the candidates? Who would be the candidates? <laughs>
1: Well, it's funny that you ask me that because it's probably the most frequently asked question that I get asked in my capacity as as the founder of Padlifter. And, you know, we're, we're at a good vantage point of appreciating the entire ecosystem and all the key players and who's big, who's small, who adds value, you know, what's the word on the street when people are talking about these guys, how much does it line up with their marketing, and the messages that they put out about why they're the biggest and the greatest. And the truth is, and, and uh, this isn't just a way of avoiding answering the question, I truly believe that when I look at the different industry subsectors and the big plays within each of them, that they're really just jigsaw pieces of the big puzzle because they don't operate in isolation and it's the intersectionality of how they all come together that might make one better or worse or more relevant or less relevant than another. And it's very much circumstantial. So. It really depends on what the offering is, where it's being offered and who it's being offered to. So I always think of this as it needing to be the right product to the right person in the right place. And if you're renting out your uh, short-term rental in Barcelona, and I happen to have a cabin in Byron Bay, so the beautiful country, a little bit inland in, in Australia, just a few hours outside of Sydney, We may have very different requirements in terms of what it takes to optimize our short-term rental, both in terms of the profitability of it, as well as the guest experience that we're able to provide, and also to the extent to which we actually want to maintain direct hands-on involvement in the management of that. I guess to more directly answer your question, some of the services are a little bit more all-inclusive than others in the sense that... Some of the better and bigger property managers are actually trying to integrate many of these sub-sectors into their actual offering themselves. So, for example, there may be in-house cleaning and turnover services that a property manager offers. They may also have an in-house copywriter who can assist with the listing optimization and getting that put up in the first place. And interestingly, even if they don't specifically offer this as an in-house service, we're seeing more and more joint collaborations between different companies and different subsectors. So, for example, we may see short-term rental insurance policies being offered specifically to some of the bigger players as well as part of a joint partnership agreement between the two of them.
0: You know, I was just going through the, the, the list of, of companies and I saw one that uh, I thought was uh, pretty cool. It's called Archie at b and B. I don't know if I pronounced it correctly, but what these guys do is they, they create uh, floor plans for Airbnbs, um, which I think is really cool. And there's, you know, I, I've always been recommending that people put a floor plan of their units as a picture in the in the photo gallery. But I personally book Airbnbs and I, I book them quite often. I always try to get an idea of like what the layout of the property is, and when you see some a collection of photos it's it's kind of tough to to understand how is this situated like where's the bedroom compared to the living room where's the you know where where's the bathroom where where is this and so having a floor plan is I think a really good idea to you know to really provide like very accurate information about your about your listing so I just want to call that one out.
1: Yeah, and I, I think that the example you've given there is actually a really good example because I, I guess the interesting thing in witnessing Padlifter's growth of the services and products that we list on Padlifter is actually getting first-hand exposure to what's new and innovative within the industry. And the fact that we list a company that might offer a very specific niche or or bespoke product or service I don't believe is necessarily reflective of the extent to which something like that is actually going to be critical to the continued development of the industry. And something like floor plans, you speak to any host or guest, and I think at some point in their either hosting or experience as being a guest have thought exactly what you just explained and verbalized, which is how beneficial seeing a floor plan would actually be. And I remember one of the key challenges when we were sort of mapping out Padlifter and how we were going to categorize all the different businesses we list across different categories was how do we address some of the more novel factors and for a company like the one you've just given an example of, they fall under the category of photographers, floor plans and virtual tours because loosely speaking, those three are kind of connected. But my goal and hope is really that with the growth of the industry, we're going to actually see a, a rise in growth also of uh, the companies that are actually creating products more and more so within each of these niche and then even more sub-niche industries that would justify the creation of say, a floor plans and virtual tours category that's actually distinct from something like photographers and, and real estate photography because at the end of the day, they are actually different uh, service and. Um, Offerings to hosts and guests.
0: You know, I've always wondered when Airbnb is going to start allowing hosts to put videos and you know, three hundred and sixty degree pictures and all that kind of stuff on the platform because that would make it just so much easier for guests to really get an idea of what the what an apartment looks like.
1: Yeah, I I one hundred percent agree with that. And even if I take off my head lifter hat and just put on my guest hat. I I can't think of one functional change to the platform that would make such a a revolutionary difference to uh, helping me make my decision around where I want to book and gaining the comfort that that's actually the the right decision. I think that we're on a journey towards that destination. And the reason I sort of have that view is if we take a look at uh, the new categories of listings that have popped up over the last couple of years... You know, this all originated under a one-size-fits-all Airbnb listing, you know, what was it, only, only three years ago, which just after that point we, we saw the emergence of this new Airbnb Plus concept. Uh, Airbnb Plus is still a, a type of listing that typical hosts like you, you and I can do as long as we, we maintain a certain quality control and offer some sort of a premium listing. But there's this new category which uh, I'm sure we're all familiar with which came out a few months ago, Airbnb Lux. And I think that with people placing higher expectations and expecting greater bang for their buck because they're actually paying a significant amount more for what they're getting, that's going to line up much more so with the expectations around how they're able to make the decision in the places that they book. So I wouldn't be surprised if it's not, not a long time until we see the integration of video tours probably starting at that level. Once that becomes the new norm for that, uh, I wouldn't be surprised also if that trickles down and makes its way into standard short-term rental listings as well. And I think also just generally speaking with the internet and younger generations, there's just a greater expectation around multimedia. No one really wants to take the time to read a detailed text-based listing. We want to see pictures. We want to see videos. We want a very immersive experience and also with augmented reality, that's becoming not only uh, a greater expectation, but much more feasible from an implementation
0: perspective too. Yeah. And talking about virtual reality, uh, we actually just bought one of those virtual, like, how do you call it? I don't even know how to call it. Like, it's basically a thing you put on your hat. (laughs) Yeah. 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 Basically a thing. uh, My roommates really like PlayStation. And and so (laughs) we bought this thing and, and I was just playing around with it. And it's, it's pretty cool. Like, and it makes me think if you could just put on your virtual mask and connect it to your laptop and then just literally like walk around an Airbnb before you book it, I think that would be pretty cool.
1: <laughs> well, the funny thing about this being a podcast, Jasper, is uh, one day making uh, that predictive statement is going to come back to haunt you when, when, when we're talking about three to five years time when uh, that's probably going to be the likely new reality. And we think back to the fact that we were... Thinking about and crystal ball gazing the future as if uh, this is probably a, a time many, many years away from now. But uh, I wouldn't be surprised at all if, in five to 10 years' time, when we all learn those augmented reality and VR headsets, that exactly what you've described is the new way that we start to look at and, and book out our short term rentals.
0: Yeah, that would be quite exciting. It would completely change the, the user experience. What, what do you think is the reason that they haven't added video to the platform as a tool for hosts?
1: Uh, it, it It's a tough question to answer because I, I guess I'm not involved in the day-to-day running or strategic direction of the companies. But just generally speaking, especially as I've I, I dealt with many of the other companies and tried to appreciate their growth objectives and product roadmaps, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, I think it's hard enough to create a solid business with a a hardy foundation that continues to add value to its customers and remains profitable. Uh, So just sticking to the bread and butter and getting that right is probably obviously the, the flag on the hill for most of these companies, especially whilst they're in their early startup stages. I guess as a company grows, it becomes much more difficult to innovate with the flexibility and dynamicism that they previously used to when they might have been smaller even though they've got greater resources at their disposal to innovate their product and service offering. But I guess we never know what's going on behind closed doors and uh, from a technological advancement perspective I, I'm always amazed at how quickly things keep moving even though um, they weren't necessarily things that were on my radar a few years back. So it's a, a matter of watch this space and uh, let's be pleasantly surprised at what comes out.
0: <laughs> yeah. I mean, the only thing I can think of is there might be worth that it is going to change the user experience in a negative way because of the amount of uh, data that needs to be on the website. And maybe they were worried that people with slow internet connections, they'll click on a video and it won't play. And then they may be, You know, just fear away from the website after having that experience, but that's really the only thing uh, I can think of. But I agree with you that, you know, these things are probably going to be sooner and later. And I think, generally speaking, for Airbnb host, I think one thing to take away from this whole discussion that we had and about how the industry has changed and where it's going, I think uh, it's really important for hosts to stay up to date on what are the new technologies, what are the new functionalities that are out there that can assist you in the in your hosting business and take advantage of those, right? And don't be don't be left behind, but really uh, you know take advantage of the of the new tools that are are being offered. So. With that, um, Evian, could you explain us a little bit about what PetLifter is, why it was founded, and and you know what you're trying and what trying to offer to the to the industry and to hosts.
1: So I, I I guess if I was to start at the beginning of what Padlifter is and and why we created what we did, we didn't actually set out at the beginning to create the world's largest marketplace of short term and vacation rental service providers. Just for a bit of background and history, I actually used to work in management consulting in New York. And when, when I quit my job there, uh, I took a little bit of time to try to figure out what I was going to do as the next step. And during that time, I was just trying to make a little bit of pocket money doing some basic listing and price optimization services, more or less for friends and family. And I started to realize this was actually a service that people were quite appreciative of and there was quite a demand for and the word spread and it it kind of grew and I I made a little bit of decent coin doing it. And I tried to make a business out of it, but I quickly came to the realization that I wasn't actually able to scale this in, in, in a way that I'd be able to create and offer the service to the standard that naturally a customer would expect at a price point that would justify the amount of time required to provide that service. But over the course of, call it approximately 12 months of me doing this, I'd actually built up a lot of industry contacts and familiarity, spoke to a lot of different players across all the different subsectors we've just been talking about and appreciated that there was a lot of these businesses that were just trying to get off the ground and were struggling to connect with their target customers. And actually the flip side of that as well, that many of these people, be they the hosts or property managers were actually looking for exactly these kind of services themselves, but just simply weren't aware that they existed. As we've been saying, you know, like many of these are brand new services. There's a new startup that pops up every single day or week or month, you know, like you just need to hop on any travel or hospitality site and see the new companies that are coming about. And I realized that what powerlifter represented as an opportunity was the ability to connect all these different stakeholders sitting within the short-term rental industry in a way that uh, they previously weren't connected before. And I combined that with the fact that there was this growing recognition that there was this massive opportunity at the industry level. I think that they say that the vacation rental industry is actually estimated to achieve a global market value of $194 billion by 2021. And there are just some simple stats that I've come across which sort of reinforce just that this is an idea that isn't going away. I think that they say that the number of homeowners with a vacation home that that plan to put it on the short-term rental market within the next couple of years has more than doubled over the last year itself. And the number of vacation rental users worldwide was only 64 million in 2015. And by 2023, is expected to rise to 361 million people. So it's all these things that made me realize there's actually the missing piece in all of this is bringing consolidation at the industry level to all the different people that need to benefit from it. And I guess with Padlifter, what we do is help each of them individually in a very specific way. So if we think about the businesses that list on the site, we connect them with their target audience to sell their products and services. If we think about the hosts that come to PadLifter, we help them simplify their lives and make more money with their properties. And I guess at a higher macro level within the industry, we assist the short-term rental industry by providing consolidation, verification and reliability.
0: Awesome, man. Well, thank you so much for coming on to the show. And for people who want to check out uh, the Petlifter, go to petlifter.com. You can log in, you can register if you're a service provider, but also if you are a host, you can can look at all the different service providers that are out there. I'm sure you're going to find uh, a bunch of companies, a lot of companies that you have never heard before. Uh, I certainly, every time I look, I, I see companies that I've never heard of. And there's tons of resources on the page as well. It's definitely one of the best resources that I've come across and and so that's also why I invited uh, Evian on the podcast so Evian, thank you so much for joining and I uh, look forward to seeing what uh what that letter is going going to be doing in the future. Uh, a couple of announcements before i Finish up this this podcast. First of all, there's uh, this VRMA coming up in October that I'm going to be going to in um, in Louisiana, uh, New Orleans. It is uh, October 13 to 16. So if you ha- haven't heard about V. RMA Vacation Rental Management Association. It's a it's a conference um, that takes place every year. They have several conferences. Actually, uh, I've never been to one, but now that uh, we're doing uh, short term rental legends, um, we you know we're kind of like more in touch with a lot of big property managers that go to these conferences. So I figured uh, I'll go and check it out. If you if you're interested, check out their website. Dot org. And uh, of course, I would love to see you there and we'll probably do uh, a few uh, meetups uh, around the event as well. Uh, Evian, have you do you ever go to these conferences?
1: I haven't actually been to any of the big expos, uh, mostly because unfortunately, it goes Mars, Earth, Australia, <laughs> then the rest of the planets. But our intention is to actually get there for next year. I'm actually getting married in December, which meant that I'm not able to get there for the big ones this year. But we do plan to, to be the next batch in 2020.
0: That's another good podcast idea, by the way. Like uh, An overview of all these different conferences and events that are being held. I'm, uh, I'm actually speaking at another one in London, October 31st to November 1st. It's called Host 2019. That one's free. To go to VRMRA is really for property managers. Uh, you have to be a member, and uh, the ticket prices are around like six hundred to, I think nine hundred dollars, depending on if you have a company and like what size of your company and if you're a member, etc. Uh, but Host 2019 is actually free, uh, so that one's in London. But also, I wanted to announce that next week, we'll, I'm going to have Eric on the. Podcast Eric Miller because me and Eric are actually behind the scenes we we are working on something really really cool that I'm super excited about and we're going to talk about what what exactly this is and you know we have some pretty big goals with this and we're pretty confident that we're going to be able to offer something really incredible to the short term rental community and so uh, make sure to listen in uh, next week on the podcast and we'll provide uh, more details about what we're uh, what we're doing. So with that, that's the end of this podcast. I hope you enjoyed it. Avian, thank you so much. And uh, good luck with Petlifter, man. Thanks very much for having me, Jasper. Absolutely. Well, I'm sure we'll have you back on in the in the, in the the future. And to the listeners, thanks for listening. And make sure to check out next week, the next podcast. See you then. Bye-bye.
1: Get paid for your pet. Get paid for your pet. Get paid for your pet.